So today I have these words burning in my spirit. And I know I talked about one, uh, a few of these things that I'm going to mention today. And uh, some of them are a little bit controversial, but they're in the Bible. So we need to know the whole word of God. And I'm going to talk about rebirth. That's the title of my message, rebirth. And if you uh, check on, uh, in the dictionary, the English dictionary, rebirth means a new or second birth. A new or second birth. And, and so uh, you see there an image. And this image is about a creature that is known in all cultures, all ancient cultures, including the Bible. And so in the book of Job, um, and I'm going to read from the Jewish Bible. Why the Jewish Bible? Because it's the accurate translation. Because sometimes, you know, people that translate the Bible, when, when it, there's a subject that's complicated, they try to interpret. And so this is not an interpretation. It's like a literal uh, verse of the Bible. So depending on your translation, I didn't check all the French and English translations, you may have different words here. But it says in Job 29, 18, this is Job talking. He said, then I said, I shall die with my nest and I shall multiply my days as the phoenix. So uh, what is this, the phoenix? The phoenix, it's a mythological animal. It's a bird. So it's a bird that is supposed to die in the nest. And as the nest uh, catches fire, the bird uh, uh, has a rebirth. It's like a new bird, the same bird, but a young bird appears. The old bird dies, and there's a rebirth. This is the phoenix. Now, here in North America, among the native uh, culture, among the, all the tribes, this is known as Firebird. I don't know if you ever drove a Pontiac Firebird. <laughs> uh, fire, firebird comes from, it's the, it's the native word or the native name for the phoenix. And, and all ancient cultures from the Mesopotamians, from... Uh, uh, you know, the Babylon uh, culture, the, 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 the African cultures, they have also, all the cultures in China, you have this uh, mythological bird that doesn't exist. I've never seen one of these birds. I've, I watch National Geographic very often. I like to watch it, you know, the animals. But there's no phoenix. So phoenix, it's this bird that belongs to the imagination. So either it's a legend or it was a real bird. I'm not going to argue about this, but according to legend, this is the bird. The bird gets old and uh, as the bird gets old, goes to the nest and the nest has some form of combustion and the bird comes out of the nest uh, renewed. And so it never dies. So this is the, the, what it's called uh, the legend of the phoenix. So in Greek mythology, it's, it's the name phoenix 
in Latin it's phoenix, uh, and uh, so in America it's firebird, in Africa it has other names, but what is very interesting, it's all cultures have this story. So it must have something of reality. Plus, if it's in the Bible, I think we should learn a little bit about it. Here's Job saying, as the legend or the story of the phoenix, I shall die in my nest because he has the hope of being reborn. He has the hope of a rebirth. Our Christian faith has everything to do with rebirth. So Jesus talked about the new birth. He said, you need to be born again. He told Nicodemus, you need to be born again. So it's a rebirth. So in the spirit, we believe in the rebirth. Now, um, the Bible contains other mysterious references to other beings. Like the unicorn. The unicorn is in the Bible. So the unicorn is in the Bible. The phoenix is in the Bible. I've never seen a unicorn. And they, they mention in the Bible at least ten times. Ten times. Other creatures that don't, don't, do not exist today, but they're in the Bible. The dragon. The dragon. Have you ever seen a dragon? Just in Hollywood, in the movies. Uh, and um, across many cultures, we have the, the dragon. You know, the Chinese, they, they have the dragon. The, 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 uh, the Babylonians, they have the dragon. The Egyptians. Uh, in the Bible, there's many mentions of the dragon. So, uh, the phoenix that I'm mentioning today, uh, again, it's, uh, I'm not going to argue if it ever existed or not. But it's a fact of culture, in fact, universal culture. Because if it was just the Jewish people talking about it, or if it was just the Bible, or if it was just uh, the Egyptians, okay, it was something from that culture. But no, this goes across cultures and across continents. So long before, uh, you know, internet. <laughs> Because in the age of internet, we share things. But in those days, in old days, it wasn't possible to share stories or information like today. But the phoenix mentioned in the Bible talks about uh, rebirth. So here you see this is the, the, the native from our region. Here in, uh, in, um, in our region of Montreal, there were several uh, First Nations tribes, and, and so they, they have this, one of these emblems in their to totems, and they, and they use this as decoration, and the elders tell the story of the firebird, of the phoenix. So again, I want to tell you about this legend, because according to the Jewish and Middle Eastern uh, versions of the combustion of the phoenix, the nest of the field phoenix is done with frankincense and mire. So, so this according to the, the Jewish culture. So the, the, the nest 
is not just done with hay, with straws, any straw, but it's a particular nest, frankincense and mire. Where did I hear about frankincense and mire? Anyone knows? No? Okay. So when Jesus was born, there were some uh, magi that came from, uh, uh, fr from, uh, from uh, you know, a, a very long road away. They were from Babylon and further on. We don't know. Um, Catholic tradition says there were three or four. Uh, Balthazar, I think Melchior. Yeah, so, so, but that's the tradition. That's the story. But according to uh, Josephus, which is a, a, a Roman historian, there were several thousands, thousands of uh, people that entered Israel in that season. So it wasn't just one or two or three or four. It was like a crowd, a multitude of magi. And after the child that will become the king of the world, Jesus, was born, they came to honor him. And they brought gifts. Those gifts were gold, frankincense, and mire. They brought it to the manger. And the manger, it's, it's like a nest. So here's Jesus in the nest <laughs> with frankincense and mire. I don't want to go anywhere with this. But it's, well, it's too big of a coincidence, these things, you know. When it's such a big coincidence of uh, elements and things, we should look into it and try to see what, there's, a, there's a truth here. There's something here. There's something here. Why frankincense and mire being brought to Jesus? Have you ever smelled frankincense? I don't like it. <laughs> you know, they, they, you know th those anointing oil, little uh, jars that we buy, you know, in the Christian world, smells uh, frankincense. It's like, you know, in, in, if, if you ever were anointed in church with an oil that has a strong smell, that's frankincense. <laughs> it's not the type of perfume you buy at the duty-free at the airport. You know, it's, it's not. But it, it was a very rare perfume used for rituals. For, and, and, uh, and so it was the smell of uh, worship, the smell of religion. Because, you, you see, here we don't have uh, uh, fr frankincense. But if you go to a Coptic church, you will see the, the priest coming with the incense and it's frankincense and mire. Because, because frankincense and mire became part of um, old church tradition. Because it's in the Bible. Why am I mentioning this? Because the phoenix builds the nest of frankincense and mire. And so after the combustion of the bird, supposedly a new bird comes, comes out. And so... Um, you know, in Matthew 2, 1 to 2, it says, The child has been born the king of the Jews. And so they bring frankincense and mire 
to the child, to the nest, to the place where the child is. And there's a new season beginning. So here the phoenix is a representation in the book of Job, in the Bible, of new birth. And in order for the new to come, the old has to die completely. In the case of the phoenix, uh, it's, it's a complete combustion. It, the bird is completely burned. And then there's a new bird. And, so, and it goes on forever. And so the, the, the Jewish rabbis that tell these stories to, to children, they tell the story of the phoenix, they explain that the reason why the phoenix lives forever, it's because according to Jewish folklore, well, let's put it like this, it's the only animal that didn't eat from the, 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 the fruit of the tree of good and evil. Because supposedly the bird was there and could eat of the fruit, but because God had said, uh, do not eat, so the, 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 the firebird or the phoenix lives now forever. But like everything has cycles of life and death, like we do. Like in life, we have cycles of things we do and then things we stop doing. And then we can be uh, like born or uh, we have a rebirth for a new purpose. I don't know if, you, uh, if you're a person that you did all your life, you did one thing and one thing only. There's people that do like this, like they're, they're carpenters. They start as carpenters. They live all their lives as carpenters, and they die as carpenters. Uh, me, I, I've done so many things, I've lost count. You know? I, I did sales. Uh, I, I, I did, uh, I worked in stores. Uh, I, I worked as a pastor. I did, uh, recently I did Uber driver. And I delivered food, and I worked in the restaurant, and I worked as a cook. And, I, you know, I did so many things. And, and so uh, I had different seasons in my life. Maybe you, you're like this. You did different things. And maybe now you're in, in, uh, about to die for, you know, the purpose you have, and you still don't know what's coming next. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, you, maybe you're in a point of your life that you say, oh, I don't like what I'm doing. Maybe it's time for you to have a rebirth. I'm not saying for you to die, but, uh, uh, you know, even when we die here on earth, that's our hope. We die here, and somehow we're going to continue to be the same, but with a different glorified body that I don't know if it's material or spiritual, whatever it is, but that's the hope of glory, that we die here and we continue. We continue, and there's, there's a rebirth. So that, that's how God created things. And sometimes we feel that we're running short of time. And the older we get, the shorter we are of time. And uh, I remember to think when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, I thought I was indestructible. I thought I'm never going to get sick. Uh, and I live like I'm never going to die. I don't know if you ever live like this. But then as we age, 
we get to a point, we say we're mature. We don't say we're old. <laughs> you know, we never feel old. You know, people that are old, they don't feel old. I don't feel old, but I'm getting there. Yeah. So you, you don't feel old, but you, you are, some of you. <laughs> so, so, but that's how life works. And, and, and so sometimes we feel short and, and we think, oh, maybe I'll have uh, some extra 20 years of life or 30 years of life or 10 years of, of life. That's what we think according to the stage where we are in life. But you don't know if you have one day or one hour or one minute. You, you, you don't know. You don't know. Your time can arrive like this. And only God can add more time into your life. And God is the God of second chances. You see, when Moses uh, became the deliverer of Israel, Moses was 80 years old. How many of you think that's old? I mean, look at Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all those guys. In Canada, we're, we're fortunate. We have younger leaders. But, if you know, the bigger the country is, the older it seems that the leadership is too. And you look sometimes at them and see, man, this guy is really old. Because <laughs> they don't, you know, the American president, he doesn't even know where he is sometimes. You know, he's shaking hands with the bunny and then with invisible people that are not there. It's sad, but it's, you know, if you watch the news, you see, you've seen him coming in like he's shaking hands with nobody. Nobody's there. You say, oh, he's getting old. He's still younger than Moses. See, Moses was 80 years old when he had a rebirth. He had an encounter with God. God reveals uh, himself to him in a burning bush, calls him. He tries to give all kinds of excuses, and then he goes on a journey of extra 40 years. And it seems that he was quite strong for a hundred years or 110 years, a 120-year-old man fighting battles and doing all kinds of things and walking in the desert. So there's hope for you. There's hope for me. <laughs> But only God can add that portion of time And give you a second chance. A second or a third or a fourth. I'm calling it a second. Because it's the next. And God will give second chances. To people. Listen. God will give second chances even to churches. <laughs> God gives second chances to families. God is the God of the second chance. And I wonder if there's someone here. That uh, you waited for a long time for something and you never achieved it. And you think, I'm never going to achieve this dream. But if you have that dream at the feet of the cross, you can have a rebirth. And th there's a new purpose that can start in your life. God will give you this opportunity of a second chance. If not, look at the people of the Bible. You have people like Jacob. He was a cheater. And then he becomes Israel, a prince with God. You have uh, 
Elijah, that was a depressed person. Elijah battled depression, and he becomes this mighty prophet. Abraham, he had also a second chance. Peter had a huge temper, and he even denied Jesus, and he got a second chance. Moses, Moses, as I told you, one of the excuses, he stuttered. And he, 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 he had to, 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 to speak to the people. Can you imagine? Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone that stutters? You complete what they say. say come on, come on. <laughs> yes. David had an affair, killed a man. God gave him a second chance. Noah. Noah got drunk, and I'm not going even to get into details, but uh, it, it wasn't nice what happened with him. Sarah was impatient. He said to the husband, oh, make a, a child to, to my maid. Come on. <laughs> Gideon, very insecure man. Martha was a nervous wreck. Uh, Miriam was a gossiper. Lazarus, well, Lazarus was dead. So he got a second chance. Jonah, run away from God. Thomas, he doubted. Everybody said, we saw the master. Oh, I, I don't believe you guys. Only if I touch. Paul was a murderer. Zacchaeus was short. <laughs> so you see, there's so many flawed people in the Bible. Why are they so flawed? Because... Me and you, we are flawed. We have our own troubles. But God is willing to give you a second chance. God is willing to give you a second chance. And we all do mistakes in life. We all do things we're not proud of. We all say things we're not proud of. And when we do a serious mistake, you can be sure of this. When you walk with Christ... God is there for you. God is there for you, willing to give you a second chance. The Bible tells me that the God I serve is a God of mercy. He's a forgiving God. So do not keep blaming yourself. God forgives you. And God will delete, will erase your mistakes and will give you a second opportunity. Your future is not determined by your past. Your future is not determined by your mistakes. Your future is determined by God. And if you are in him, you can experiment a rebirth. God will give you a second chance. He will forgive you. Forgiveness is amazing. Maybe, uh, I, you know, we're in church, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, maybe you, you just an expert in screwing up. You screw up everything you do. But God is here to tell you, I love you, I forgive you, and I will give you a second opportunity. And the second opportunity, it's a rebirth. 
let me conclude with this. God will give you a second chance. In the book of Psalms, it says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them from of them all. So we'll have afflictions, we'll have trouble, but it's not the end. God is there for you. God will give you that second opportunity. And let me tell you, you can rise from the fire just like the phoenix. So maybe you don't believe in this story that's in the Bible of the phoenix. Uh, so uh, l let me tell you, because I've never seen a phoenix, it's for me hard to believe that that bird actually existed or that exists. I've never seen a unicorn. But you see, those symbols of the phoenix and of the unicorn, we even have unicorns, we give them to babies. And they see the unicorns and, the, you know, it's, it's an animal that doesn't exist. And, but in our imagination, we have these mythological stories. And so the story of the phoenix, it's an important one in the context of understanding how God will give us that second opportunity. What Job is saying, Job was depressed. He was ill. He was impoverished. He was in a mess. And he's saying, I'll do like the phoenix. I'll go to my nest. And in my nest, I will be reborn. And this has to be the attitude of, of, of the Christian, our attitude. Sometimes even when we think, oh, my marriage is over. Your life is not over. Your life is not over. Go to your nest, let it burn, and have a rebirth, and move on with your life. Move on with your life. Maybe you think, oh, now I'm too old. I retired and I cannot do anything. Yes, you can. Go to your nest. Stay there with God. Let it burn and come out of there. And, and you see, it's in the fire that the Holy Spirit, it's the fire of God that produces this rebirth. Listen, when I, got, when I was saved, I felt the forgiveness of God. I was forgiven. When I came to Christ, I was very young. I was 24. But I, I, I had a whole life of addiction and crime and doing evil things and uh, blasphemous life. Uh, so I come from there, and now I was saved. And I felt, okay, God will forgive me. But I wasn't feeling it quite. I was thinking... Does God really forgive? I was thinking what I did was so bad that there's no forgiveness for me. I'm no saint. But one day, I received the Holy Spirit. And when I received that fire of the Holy Spirit in my life, I was speaking in tongues. I was blasting. I was on fire for God. And it was like a rebirth. It was like the phoenix. So that experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit for me and for many people that I know 
was the turning point for a new life. We're not saved by the baptism in the uh, fire. We're not saved. We're saved by the grace of God. But there's an event that can happen in our lives. An experience with God where the fire of God comes. And just like the phoenix, we can start a new life. What happened to Job, if you read the whole book, it's a few chapters after he said this. This happened to him. He comes out of the nest, a new Job. And the Bible gives a list of the things he got. He got double of the things he had before. I believe with those new things that he got, the, 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 all these things, it doesn't say that he got a new wife because he still had his old wife. But he got new children. He got a new career, a new job. He got new opportunities, new wealth. He started fresh. Because God intervened and gave him that opportunity. It's one of my favorite stories of the Bible. First time I read that book, I, I couldn't understand it. I read the book of Job probably more than any other book of the Bible. I read it so many times, trying to figure out, you know, the mysteries of that book. And, and so th this is one of the mysteries. And it's summarized in this scripture that we just uh, uh, read. It's our scripture for today. That's, uh, that's in Job. Uh, and, and he says, I shall die with my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the phoenix. Job 29, 18. So, so today I, I wanted to give you this pearl and uh, apply it to your own life as you will. Uh, and, and, but listen, the principle is sometimes when, uh, when uh, a season is over, we, we're in the nest. The nest is a, a lonely place. It's a private place. The nest, it's not for everybody. It's for you and close family. It's a family thing. The nest is a family thing. It's, it's like the home. It's like, and it's, it's, it's a place of protection that doesn't really protect you from anything. Because the, the nest doesn't protect any bird. It's just a place of comfort. And then the nest gets on fire. That's scary. But Job says, like the phoenix, I shall multiply my days. What does this mean, multiply my days? So I will, even if you're old, there's a new opportunity. Because you, you don't have days added. You have days multiplied. You see, God is in the business of multiplication, not in addition. We add. God multiplies. We add things. God multiplies. And, and, and he's saying, I will multiply my days. This is a man about to die. This is a man that has scabs all over uh, his body. He's so sick. The infection is so bad that he's just scratching, you know, uh, his body. He's, he's, he's covered with blood and pus and all. And, and this is a man about to die. And he said, I shall multiply my days. When he says this, he's in trouble. He has nothing but trouble. 
Why does he want to multiply his days if he's in trouble? Listen, I've talked recently with someone dear to me that told me I want to die because of the suffering. Here's a man that says, I want to live. Not only I want to live, I want to multiply my days as the phoenix. The phoenix, uh, it doesn't die just once, but dies and has a rebirth. And then years later, dies and has a rebirth. Then years later, dies and has a rebirth and goes forever. So you're not going to be here forever. But in our purpose, in our life, we need to learn this. Sometimes to die for a purpose and restart. Die for that purpose and restart. And God will do this in your life, in your family, in our church. God is in the business of multiplying days. Only Him, only God can add those days. Let us just stand. I want to pray for you also that are watching online. And this is the Rema word, the, 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 the verse that I have for you today. Maybe you say, oh, this is legend. Listen, if you watch, if you watch uh, Star Wars and all those uh, uh, you know, fictional things, you, 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 you don't mind it's legend. But if it's the Bible, you mind it's legend? Legend or not? I think if it's in the Bible, most likely this bird either exists somewhere, either exists somewhere, or it existed and it's somewhere waiting. One day we will see a phoenix. <laughs> we'll see a phoenix. And from this bird, we even have a big city in the United States called Phoenix, which name comes from here, actually from the Bible. Actually, it's named from the Bible, the, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So, so uh, the bird, it's just a story. Maybe it's just a story. But it's a bird that dies, and from the fire, has a rebirth. There's incense and mire. To me, this talks about Jesus Christ. It's about sometimes coming to our nest to the basic things where we humble before the Lord. And, and we, as we humble before the Lord, we just say, God, give me a new opportunity. Give me a second chance. I want to be reborn. I want to have this rebirth like the phoenix. Sometimes I'm disappointed with things that I do, things in life, and uh, like everybody else. Sometimes it's like this. But don't let disappointment consume you. Let the Holy Spirit do so. So you come to the Lord and you say, consume everything that is not pleasant to you. Consume those things. And it's when you die for self that you have this new life. That's why Jesus said, you need to be like the phoenix every day. Because he said, if you want to follow me, Daily, you pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross talks about the ultimate experience of the phoenix that Jesus had at the cross. At the cross, he gave his life. And then three days later, here, here is Jesus. Well, actually, I didn't add that to the story. But in the Jewish tradition, the bird dies for three days. And so, in re and, uh, and there's a rebirth. So it's too much of a coincidence, don't you think?
So, so, so my prayer for you today is that you learn to seek God in that nest. Don't let the fire kill you, but allow the fire of God to give you new life. Amen? Praise God. So let us pray. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're in some trouble or in a crossroad of your life, not knowing what to do next. That's God's business. God is an expert in uh, allowing things to be burned and to give a new purpose. So, God, I pray for every person here at the Passion Center this morning. I pray also for those watching us online. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity we have in Christ for a new birth, for a new beginning. I thank you, God, because you've you, you chosen us and you called us from darkness to light, from a, a place of darkness to a place of fire. I pray that your Holy Spirit will be like a consuming fire in our lives. Consume all those things that are old, consume the old, and give us the new, Lord. Just like the phoenix. And God, to, uh, this uh, morning I want to pronounce just like Job. I shall die with my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the phoenix. God give us this vision of a rebirth in our own lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we end, if you can just close your eyes or don't focus on the screen or anything, just lower your eyes so you won't be distracted. But I want you to imagine yourself being reborn without pain, but like as a fire and being born for a new purpose. Have this image of the phoenix, the firebird, the bird that is re, re, reborn in the fire. The impossible thing to happen. The miracle that, that, that is happening in the phoenix, with the phoenix, will happen in your life. Just picture yourself. See God burning everything around you, but giving you this new life, this new opportunity, new plumage, new wings, a new beginning, a rebirth provided by God. I pray God once again for my friends watching uh, this uh, today and for all of those here at the church, at the Passion Center, I pray, Lord, for a new beginning in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I hope we've learned something. Did you learn something? I know that sometimes there's things in the Bible we don't even know they're there. Unicorns, phoenix, dragons, all this. Did you like this, this stuff? Can I continue with some of this stuff? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to continue. And, uh, you know, without wanting to be controversial or to talk about nonsense or things that do not exist, I want to bring you something that will trigger something in you and will give you a new opportunity. Amen.